Good morning, friends. My name is Dylan Meyer. I'm the director of student ministries here at Westview. I'm happy to see you guys. How many of you guys were ecstatic when your alarm went off this morning an hour earlier than what you're used to? Tom's giving me the thumbs up. He's not human. I want to ask you guys a question, and those of you that are online, if you want to answer, go ahead and click in that comment section and um, let us know. What are you guys proud of? Tell it to, You guys here don't need to maybe respond out loud, but think of something. What is something that you're proud of? What is something that maybe you've done, you've, you've crafted with your hands, something that you've produced? What is something you're proud of? When I think on my own behalf, uh, my wife and I have recently become homeowners as of August of this year, and I am proud of our DIY efforts. So we have a do-it-yourself attitude, so we've been really going at it. We had a list of things that we wanted to get done within the next five years so that we could really live in and love our home. And we have knocked out every single item except for one in six months. And so I am proud of that. That one thing left is we want to do some kind of porch on our front or back end of our house to, to pretty it up some. Uh, but it's been cold, and so that wasn't happening. But that is something that I am proud of. I am proud of our DIY efforts because I like it when I can do things on my own. I like it when I get to use my own abilities, efforts, and pour it into something and then look at the outcome and be like, yes, I did that. And that's how I've been programmed. That's how I've been wired, right? So I'm a Kansas boy, and so that's what I've been taught to do is, is to do things myself. If, if there's an option for me to do it, do it. If I don't need help, don't ask. But that's trained me. That has trained how I approach everything in life. It has conditioned me to where sometimes I have a very hard time asking for help. Whether it's something small or something big. Usually, if it's something big, I just flat out refuse to ask for help. I'm, I am determined. I will do this on my own. Even if I am like failing miserably, I will try and try and try and try of my own volition to get it done because that is how I am wired. That's what I have been taught to do is do it myself. But these last several weeks, we've been diving in to our hearts. And, ask, and this constant question has come up to me almost every week my question to myself is, what is the condition of my heart? That's my question to you guys today. What is the condition of your heart? You see, because much like my new home, my heart needs work. It's not real pretty all the time. And I know that my heart needs to change it needs to grow. It needs to transform to the point where it doesn't even look like what it used to before. My heart needs a renovation. And we've been diving into that for five, this is week six. We've been diving into that. 
And a little, little project gets knocked out. I feel like every week on my heart, we're doing a little bit, we're doing a little bit, we're doing a little bit. But what scares me to death is what if we do all that work and at the end of this, I just let my heart go exactly back to where it was? What if after all six weeks of working on my heart, I just decide, you know what, God, nice job, high five. I'm gonna go back to life now. Because if I do that, the change doesn't stay. The change doesn't remain in me. The moment I kick him out is the moment I go back to the way I was, trying to do it all by myself. And heart work is not DIY work. You see, because I've been trying that. For five, six weeks now, I've been like, okay, Dylan, you got this Monday, first day of the week, been inspired on Sunday, time to, time to work on my heart. And I'm, I tell you what, I'm going to do it too, because Dylan's great at stuff. So I'm going to do this myself. And I come out of the gate strong, and it works for about five minutes. Because that's the moment that I stop hitting the snooze button, wake up, and I actually start doing life. You see, I've been trying to do this myself. I've been wired to do it myself. And so that's what I've been trying to do. I approach my heart work just the same as I've approached everything else in life, is I will do it by myself. Get out of my way. Let me at it. But it's not working. It's not. See, I can't do it on my own. And my pride has convinced me that I must operate within my own strength. And I have seen that that strength is not sufficient. I cannot transform my own heart. No matter how hard I try, I can't do it. And I say that sadly but confidently because experience has shown me that I'm not getting it done. You see, I have tried and tried and tried and failed and failed and failed. I have worked and worked to, to correct my character flaws and they're still there. I'm trying to buff and smooth them out, they're still there. My bad habits that I've tried to change, I've tried to get rid of them, they still haunt me. They're not leaving me alone. My destructive behaviors, the things that eat me up on the inside and radiate out and damage other people, still there. But I've tried to fix it. I've really tried. It's not working. And then when I get a little glimmer of hope, something changes just a little bit. It usually fades pretty quickly. I get one step and then I slip back. I'm trying to do it by myself. And effort is not the problem. See, we've been taught that effort is the solution to everything. It's plastered all over the place. I'll steal something from Nike right now. Just do it. Change your heart. How? I don't know. Just do it. Just apply more effort. That will solve your problem. I promise you. You need a new floor in your house? Just do it. Just do it. How am I supposed to do that? I don't know. Just do it. 
apply more effort. Not getting done, try harder. Still having a tough time, try harder. Is it getting harder? Good, try harder. But that's not true, is it? I look at my heart, trying harder, not the problem. Effort is not the problem. So what's missing? What's missing? Why can't I fix it? It's my mess. Shouldn't I be the one to clean it up? But I'm trying. Why can't I do it? Because I'm trying to do it by myself. I'm trying to do something that only God can do without God. How does that make sense? But that's what I'm doing. So what's the solution? What is this missing piece? What is this X factor, secret ingredient? The super tool. What am I missing that is going to change me and make that change last? Not just shape me a little bit different for a moment and then go back to normal. What is going to change me forever? Not just for five seconds. We're going to dive into John chapter 15 today. See, because Jesus has an answer. Thank goodness. I'm going to warn you ahead of time. It's not complicated. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. See, I, I know that last part real well by now. Apart from him, it's just not getting done. And the answer is simple. If I want my heart to change, if I want my heart to grow, if I want my heart to bear fruit that it's supposed to bear, then my heart needs to abide in him. Because abiding in just me is giving me pretty terrible results. You see, God is the one who makes the change. God is the one who transforms the heart. And I know I need that transformation. Everywhere I look, I see my own brokenness and the brokenness around me. It's not like this is something that I just kind of want but don't need. I need it like I need air. We're going to dive into it a little bit deeper. You see, 
Jesus says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. See, but the branch is in him. Why isn't it bearing fruit? I look at my heart, I look at my life. Why am I not bearing fruit? The fruitless branch has rejected the vine. You see, he has made himself available to us in all times, in all places, in all circumstances. And so if I am relying on my own self, it is by my choice. If I am choosing not to bear fruit because I am lacking what I need, it's because I've rejected what I need. It's been offered. It's been laid at my feet. The fruitless branch has rejected the vine. And there are times, frequently, where I want the fruit, but don't see the need for the vine. That doesn't compute. Those are a both-and scenario. You can't have one without the other. I must abide in the vine. He's ready. He's available. He's seeking me. But I have to choose it. I have to will it. Jesus continues, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You see, God prunes even the branch that bears fruit. A lot of times I operate from this misconception that God's working on me because I just stink. Well, yeah, I'm imperfect, but even the branch that's bearing good fruit needs work. Even if I'm bearing good fruit, that doesn't mean that I'm perfect. God still wants to shape me. He still wants to craft me. He still wants to perfect himself in me. And I need that. Just because God is working on me doesn't mean that I'm just bad. I am loved by him. That's why he's crafting me. Every branch needs work. And sometimes I think it's important to pay attention to the season. You see, because seasons are different. If you pay attention to plants, they don't bear fruit all the time year-round, most of them. They bear fruit in seasons. And in different seasons of their growth, the fruit looks different. Shouldn't be, that be the same for us? You see, because sometimes God has planned in our life a season for growth because there is fruit that is coming that we're not prepared to carry. And he wants to grow us. There's a season of growth required for us to bear that fruit. And there's a season of rest also. You see, because some of us, we pour and pour and pour because we know that's what God des designed for us to do is to, to love others. And so we pour out what he has poured on us but then we forget to return to him to be filled again. 
We need that rest. There is a season of rest designed into us for us to abide in him and to soak that in, to be filled. You can't give away something you don't have. We need to continue to receive it. And sometimes that is a season of rest. And sometimes that is a season of revival. Sometimes we have poured and poured and poured and people have taken and taken and taken so much to we. We can hardly even see that we have life in us. And in that moment, God needs a season to revive us, to breathe new life into us, something that wasn't there before. Sometimes it is a season of revival. And sometimes the fruit looks different. You say, what is this fruit that we're supposed to bear well an apple tree bears apples an orange tree bears oranges so if we're connected to the God vine we should be bearing things that God is peace instead of chaos love instead of hate joy instead of sorrow you see, this fruit is really good. But sometimes in different seasons, the fruit looks different. You see, sometimes God has designed for us a season where we are to bear joy, where he is blessing us in ways where our smile gleams for miles. And in that moment, we are blessing others with the fruit of joy that God has put in us. But maybe in a different season, that is peace. Peace that you walk in and maybe you don't have a smile, but when you touch somebody on the shoulder, the fruit of your life is giving them a peace that they don't know. You see, sometimes the fruit is different in different seasons. You don't have to be the same all the time because God has plans for your life. And sometimes they look different in seasons. I know what you're thinking, that sounds great, I can't bear this fruit. I've tried. I know. And that's why he reminds us again. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. You see, Jesus connected us to the vine. That is not something that we were required to do. We need to choose it. He chose us. We need to choose him in return. But he did the heavy lifting. The work that he has already done is the victory that we get to rest and live into. He has already done it. And the beautiful thing is, is he claimed us before we were pretty. He claimed us when we were ugly and nasty. See, my heart doesn't have to be perfect for him to love me because he loved me when it was a rotten, dead, stony, whatever it was. That's when he chose me. The moment that I looked at him, he said, yes, you're mine. The moment I offered him my heart, no matter its condition, he said, let me have it. And then it is his work in us and through us that makes it right, that makes it pretty, that when it's done, I can't look at my heart and go, wow, I did nice. No, 
I look at my heart and I see him because it's him that I'm connected to. And I can't do it without him. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. It's not complicated. I can't do it. He can. I need to abide in him. Apart from him, I can't do a thing. And I tell you that my choices are evident. The fruit that I bear is visible for him to see and for others to see. And the fruit that I bear reflects what's inside. He continues, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You see, if I reject him, my nasty fruit shows it. But if I choose him, his word abides in me. He abides in me and his truth breathes life into my lungs. It wells up in my heart and it overflows. An abiding heart bears good fruit because that's what it's being filled with. And so he fills me with value that I know I need. So I'm not seeking for it in places where it's not there. He's giving it to me. He fills me with love so that I can overflow it on others. He gives me forgiveness, grace, truth. He fills me with those things so that is what I bear. And then he tells us we can come to him with anything. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. <laughs> that was spooky. So the, the answer seems simple, but how do we do it? How do we abide in Christ? I think that abiding in Christ is beautifully simple but delightfully mysterious. So what that means is that there is an open door that any one of us can step into. It's simple. Abide in him. Connect with him. Be with him. It's like a relationship. It doesn't have to be super complicated. When you are around somebody that you want to spend time with, it doesn't feel like a chore. You want to be there. It's not simple. When I was dating my wife, I wanted to be with her. It wasn't complicated, just wanted to be there. There is a beautiful simplicity to it, but there's also a delightful mystery because he created us and designed us to connect that way. But he also created and designed every single one of us just a little different which means that I don't necessarily connect to him the same way that maybe you do. 
I have good news. That's okay. That's a good thing. If we all look the same, that kind of stink. The world can only handle one of me, trust me. It's good that we're different. There doesn't need to be a cookie-cutter Christian. We're, he designed us to connect with him differently because he designed all of us different. And that's where the mystery is, is it doesn't have to look the same. Like we talked about in the seasons, it doesn't have to look the same for you in each season. Well, it also doesn't have to look the same to you as it does to the person next to you. And there's a good chance you're both doing it right. So be yourself. The best way to connect with God is to do that how he designed you to do it. So be who he made you to be. But then remember a few simple things. When you're reading scripture, do that however you need to in order that you are reading to connect with the author. It's not about checking off how many books I've read. It's about learning who wrote the book and knowing him. Listen to him. That's the goal. How you do that, I don't care. That's up to you and him. If you love having a paper Bible in front of you, going along with your finger and your highlighter, and that's how you connect best to the God that wrote the book, do that. If you hate reading and you would rather just listen to an audio Bible, do that. It's his word. As long as you're listening with an open heart to who God has made you to be and what he wants for you, awesome. Read scripture that way. If there's a different way, do that too. The way that you pray, a conversation with God is what is important. Conversations are two-sided. So make sure you listen. But know that some people speak to God and listen to God differently. That's okay. I'm going to pick on my wife again. She's a verbal processor. When she gets home from a day at school, a day at work, whatever, she is verbally processing how her day went to me. And I know, because I've prayed with her, that's how she talks to God. She just processes what life looks like with God. And that's amazing. I love that. And that's taught me how to do that to a certain extent too. But I am not a verbal processor. And so when I talk to God, it looks like one question and then lots of listening. Because I like to listen. I don't like talking a whole lot. And you know what? That's fine. Because I'm having a conversation with the creator. He designed me to do that. And that's how he designed me to do it. That's okay. Praise The way that we lift him up in praise lifts us up. But it's okay to do that differently. When we approach the throne and we tell God, you're amazing. That's awesome. That is the point. That is the root of it is we are blessing him. How you do that doesn't have to look the same for everybody. Some people are hand raisers. Some people, they do the heartburn thing because they're feeling it. Some people just sit there. Whatever helps you connect with him, awesome. I would encourage you sometimes do something that makes you feel vulnerable because being vulnerable with him brings you closer. That vulnerability is an opportunity for intimacy. 
And so sometimes do stuff that makes you a little uncomfortable. But do that how he designed you to do it. And it's okay that you do it differently. I'm not a hand raiser for two reasons. One, sometimes that makes me so uncomfortable that it distracts me from what I'm doing. And blessing him is what I need to do. That's my focus. Two, I'm really tall and long. So if I stand in the front two rows and, and praise God like this, the four rows behind me are like, oh yeah, trying to read the words on the screen. And so do that how he designed you to do it. Community. Abide with God in community. The purpose of that is to be surrounded with people that will lift you up and encourage you and guide you. Be one of those people. If God has designed you to be somebody that's encouraging, do that. Compliment people. Speak value into their life. If he's designed you to be somebody that speaks wise counsel into their life, if somebody opens a door and God's like, hey, tell them this, they need it. Step through that door. Step into that community in the way in which you were designed to do. If that looks like large crowds, step into that. If that looks like small groups, step into that. Connect with God through community in the way that you were designed to do that. All of these things help usher us into the very presence of God. And I promise you, that's what we want. But it's okay to do it differently. Beautifully simple. Delightfully mysterious. Be okay with the mystery. Figure out who you are, who he's designed you to be. Because the better you know your heart, the easier it is for you to give it to him. Because you know how to do that. He continues in verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. He wants the very best for us. And so I'll say this next thing boldly but very delicately. Abiding in him is not something that we have to do or ought to do. It is not something that is out of obligation, but rather, I would argue, is the very deepest desire of our hearts. You see, everything that we seek comes from that place that is deep within us. And I promise you, this is what fills it. I was wrestling with this early, earlier this week, and Jesus spoke to me, and he said, the emptiness that I feel in my heart says two things to me. It is an awareness of lacking, but it is also an invitation for fullness. You see, when my heart feels empty in a way that I am lonely, that says two things. I am lacking in relationship, and two, it is an open door to seek that, to seek relationship. When my stomach is hungry, saying two things. One, I don't have any food in me. Two, go get some. And so that emptiness that we feel in our heart is an invitation also to fill it. And the deepest desire of our hearts are only fulfilled in him. Abiding in his love. 
That is what we desire. Abiding in his grace, his forgiveness, his truth, his hope, his peace. That is what we seek when we look at it. The deepest desire of our hearts. And so we're going to move into a time of invitation. There's going to be a song that's going to be played, and I love the lyrics of this song. And so in this moment, I want to offer you a few guiding things, but then use this space in the way that God needs you to use it. So some things to keep in mind. What is the deepest desire of your heart? Maybe even specifically, what is it in this season of your life? What needs to be pruned in your life? What needs to be nurtured in your life? And also, this is why I love this song, is the lyrics speak strong of how amazing God is. Because I tell you, when he gets a hold of you, he's not looking to tweak a few things to make life a little better. He's looking to transform everything that you are so that you can be full within him. And so if you feel in this time, in this place, that you are broken and in despair, you're surrounded by things that you cannot survive, he wants to dig you up from the roots and plant all of you in all of him. So bear your heart to him in these moments. Listen to him. Ask him. Invite him into your heart. Be still in him. This tree bears strange fruit There's blood on the leaves It's dead at the roots The cracked gray branches Are decaying with it Just like the black poison That hangs from its limbs Come and dig me out Reach down to the roots It was dead to the core. It 
even killed the ground I was worse than before Come and dig me up Reach down to the roof Rip the deadness out And plant something space to offer your hearts. If you guys have financial offerings that you would like to give to Westview so that we can be encouraged and prepared to seek God's will and to abide in Him in everything that we do here, there are boxes by the doors that you can drop that in. Also, connect card on your worship guide. If there is anything that we can be doing right now to help you in this season connect and abide with God, we want to be doing that. We're not, the purpose of us being here is not to put your butt in a seat. It is to offer your heart to the one that can shape it and transform it. So if there's a way that we can be helping with that, let us know, please. Jesus continues 
with this in verse 12. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has none than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends, which is exactly what he did. You are my friends, and if you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for servants don't know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. All that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you may ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. He wants us to abide in him and he filled us up full that we can overflow him onto everyone around us. He loved us. How can we possibly contain that? His love is so big. I can't hold it in. May your heart abide in Christ and bear much fruit. We're going to invite you to stand. We're going to start in this abiding with him space by recognizing that every hour and every minute we need him.
out here with your abiding hearts. We'll see you next Sunday.